back like a heart attack. Welcome to Mental Realm of Existence. I'm your host, Jose Luis Mateo Jr. Today's episode, Quantum Symposium Part 1. I will be taking the time to discuss quantum physics and common dreaming and their relations to one another. Now, the thought of comparing quantum physics and common dreaming might seem a little foreign to you. You might think, what does applied science and and dreaming have to do with each other? And wait till we're done. I'm going to blow your mind. So let's get started. Quantum physics is made up of four founding concepts slash pillars. These pillars are the observer effect, entanglement, non-locality, and the holographic nature of the universe. Let's talk about the observer effect first. The observer effect is the concept that the wave of all possibilities undergoes a sudden change the instant anything physical is observed. This is called the collapse of the wave function. It can be imagined to occur just like a pricked balloon suddenly collapsing. The observer is responsible for the collapse of the wave function. They look at the system and the system suddenly quantum leaps into one of the possible states. The observer stands outside, and when they look in, the system observed suddenly takes a physical value. I put the note here that the observer effect generates an interesting hypothesis. Intent and belief in absolution shifts the realm of possibilities by the observer. So... If we were to look at the observer effect as the prism of colors, all the colors is the wave of possibilities. The observer effect is you unknowing or knowingly choosing one of these colors because that's just your color. So instead of seeing the vast array, you are seeing blue because you're a blue kind of person. You're seeing red because you're a red kind of person. You're seeing yellow because you're a yellow kind of person. You see what I'm saying? So now let's apply the observer effect to the common dreamer and the dream state. Let's say that in your dream, you are confronted by an archetype. An archetype, as I have said before, is a sentient sliver of self. Okay, this is a piece of your persona that is trying to contact you. Now, let's say that this archetype is tattered, beaten, uh, disfigured. Whatever in your head makes up the concept of a nightmarish figure, let's say that this archetype is embodying those, those traits. This archetype can have a deep and profound message for you. For whatever aspect of you it represents, clearly it needs help. Now, for the common dreamer, they see this kind of figure and instantly on a level, an unregistered, subconscious, 
I wouldn't say unconscious because you're still active, right? It's just a very low, you got the low power setting going. So on a subconscious level, you are registering this and you are making the thought that this archetype is doing this to you, doing that to you, making you feel a certain amount of negative emotions. And now the prism of colors is the wave of possibilities. This archetype is trying to present something to you so you can better understand yourself. But because you're perceiving a nightmarish figure, because you're perceiving danger, because you're perceiving a threat, you are now applying, let's call it the color red. You are applying the color red from the prism of colors, from the wave of possibilities in this dream, you are seeing things as red, so then you are projecting red onto the scenery. This archetype suddenly is enraged. This archetype suddenly has malicious intent towards you. This, this archetype is suddenly running after you. You are applying your red color to the archetype. So now the archetype will respond in kind and figure, well, this is the tone being set. This is the way I have to deliver this message. I had a blue kind of message to deliver to this guy, but he's red. So I got to deliver a red message now. The archetype is matching your energy, your intent, and your belief of the scenario. Your observer effect, your your thought that is an absolution, even if you don't understand that it is, is applied to the scenery and is changing the scenery. So to finish the observer effect, I wanna circle back to its notes. The observer effect generates an interesting hypothesis. Intent and belief in absolution shifts the realm of possibilities by the observer and just as I explained, your thoughts and intent and absolution of the scene of what you're perceiving and what you're reacting with shifts the realm of possibilities. All right. I turned all my notes into like a little booklet. So have fun listening to me toss everything around. Okay, next up is entanglement. I like entanglement. Einstein is said to have called the concept of entanglement as spooky action at a distance. Entanglement is a theory that all particles over a large distance are connected. Entanglement means the information doesn't have to be sent as it's already there. Entanglement is the interconnection of all. So let, let's look at a waking life comparison for entanglement, because entanglement might be a little uh, hard to grasp for some people. Have you ever been in a setting where you have the notion that someone is staring at you? And not just glancing, but there is a continuation of felt eyes upon some part of your body, and it's it's just just tugging at you like a like a child needing attention. And you turn, and sure enough, there's somebody who is either looking at you or is in the process of turning their head away while still trying to turn their eyes off of you as if to play it off. 
This is Entanglement. Now, this book that I read in, in order to prepare for this episode, this book I read called Quantum Consciousness by Peter Smith states that the subconscious of the human does not lie inside of the brain, the mind. The subconscious actually lies within the energy field, assimilating and interpreting information that is coming in. So if we look at entanglement and we look at the fact or the supposed fact that the subconscious lies within our energy field, our aura, our biosphere, whichever, whatever you want to call it, the intent from someone is being sent and you are receiving it. Your brain is interpreting it and is kicking the information back to you saying, hey, I think I have this weird feeling. And it's always a weird feeling because it is an unexplainable feeling. Logically, we have a hard time breaking that down to people or we just happen to feel something. We call it vibes, we call it energy now, but we still have a hard time understanding what we're perceiving from people. But we're getting there. So let's look at entanglement for the common dreamer. Let's tackle a special kind of dream, dreaming of others. So 2016, 2017, I was working for a ride share service company. I'm not going to say which one because I don't I don't want people coming after me. I was working for a ride share company and I had picked up a client from the airport. I was driving the client to the south side to go be with their family and the client was telling me that they happened to live in california blah, blah 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 and we hit it off and we exchanged numbers and we started talking when she went back to california so one night i had a dream that these black silhouette figures that almost resembled my friends were all trying to kill me and it was like a, a large amount of friends and it was a it was a large parking lot kind of thing with like a, a warehouse attached to the side of it. And people had knives, people had guns, people were just trying to kill me. And I'm running through these multiple levels of the parking lot. I'm trying to go in and out of the warehouse, but everyone seems to keep finding me. Suddenly I run outside, I leave the parking lot and I run to the street where there's a van. I go around the van and the chick that I was talking to that lives in California was right there. And my first reaction was to grab her and kiss her. And then I woke up later and I was like, that was a weird dream. I'm just gonna like, I don't know what the hell that means. Maybe I, I, I was I was at a loss for, for explanation. This was before I was reading about lucid dreaming or really anything in general. I was just more of more of a why is this happening type deal. And I got a call from her later on that day. Turns out she had had the exact same dream. But from her from her point of view, she had been hiding behind the side of a van and was hearing all these noises of people attacking and people running and people doing this and people doing that. And she couldn't explain why it was happening she just knew she had to hide on the side and she's telling me this story and she goes and suddenly you ran around the side of this van and you just grabbed me by the face and you kissed me and i woke up 
which to me is insane because I had the exact same dream. Now, entanglement says that the information doesn't have to be sent because it's already there. The connection doesn't have to be established because the connection was the groundwork for uh, for us. We are all connected in some kind of way. It is proven within the lucid dream community that dreaming of others and dreaming with others via lucid dreaming is a possibility. We are going to get into that in part two, but I just want to let y'all know that this was not, I mean, this this was a fluke because I didn't know how it happened, but this wasn't a forced dream or whatever. This is just a common dreamer's dream in which I happened to establish a link with another human who was on the other side of America and from then I was really forced to like consider what was going on but like a lot of people after a while didn't make sense to me so I just you just kind of trudge on through life you know but here we are okay so let's tackle number three non-locality Non-locality is the multi-phased, interconnected, free-floating potentiality of possibilities, resembling a spider's web in which each ring of webs is a different potentiality. If we look at that, that's, that's a wave of possibilities. Laying within the blindness of our perception, the consciousness of said spider can only perceive so many rings locking these rings into its life and sometimes crossing vast opportunities slash rings in the unknown to land within its comfort zone of confined consciousness. Non-locality is this imperceptible vastness. To, to set this example, I need to add this in. It is known in quantum physics that if you try to measure the mass of a subatomic particle, you can't measure its velocity. Similarly, if you measure its velocity, you can't contain its mass. This principle is known as Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. Okay, do you guys remember the Muse S headband review episode? In there, I was talking about a nightmare, I believe, that I did not leave it on the cutting room floor. In this Muse S headband episode, I was discussing a nightmare that I tracked a couple months ago. It was a lucid nightmare. And in this nightmare, I had a figure chasing me. And I felt that the figure kept trying to hold me, touch me, grab me. I knew I had to get away. And I had to run with everything I had inside. So I kept running and, and getting away, narrowly escaping. And and right as I was feeling this thing, like its hand touching my clothes or what I perceived as clothes, I woke up in my bed with my heart pounding. Now in this dream, there is a quick one, two. There is the running, running, running heart. <laughs> And then me waking up just in my bed, panting, just scared out of my mind. I had the Muse S headband tracking my brainwave data that night. And I'm 
thank God it, it collected what I needed because I looked at the data afterwards and it says at 2.30, I was in my REM state. At, in between like 2.30, 2.40, my heart rate spiked and I can see how it spiked. And I can see that it went the highest it was that night. Now in my dream, in my dream, I immediately woke up. But the data shows that I had this dream, this nightmare, at 2.30 in the morning. And I didn't wake up until almost around 4.30. And, and when I woke up, my heart rate went back up. To apply Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, I have measured the velocity of what I would say is my essence, my soul, my 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 me, everything that makes me was traveling and I was able to measure the velocity, but I can't tell you the mass. I can't tell you the volume. I can tell you that I had a a dream, a lucid dream in the REM state. And then I went like light, deep, light, deep, awake. That was almost two hours later. The non-locality is the vastness. This is the imperceptible distance. I have what I call two anchored points of consciousness in which I had enough energy, enough, enough cognitive faculties to understand that I was in a dream and something was trying to get a hold of me. My next point of anchored consciousness was waking up in the bed, feeling those feelings and emotions that I brought back with me. I harnessed them in the dream state and I brought them right back with me and it took a couple hours to make the trip back. That's something that can't be understood by the data that I have right now. Do I have questions? Oh yeah, do I have certain circumstances and conditions that I feel that can be met? Oh yeah, but I don't have enough information to move yet because everything that I've tried to learn about these transitioning states is just that they're called transitioning states of sleep by whoever the hell. And I, the thing that is killing me is that the way I'm looking at it, I've, I've already said in the past that we are conscious streams of data, okay? So I am a salmon in my own conscious stream of data, and there is a lengthy period of time in which I can't see where I'm going, but I know where I'm going. I can't perceive where I'm going, but I know where I'm going. A piece of me knows where I'm going. The last concept slash pillar for the evening, everyone. The holographic nature of the universe. This concept states that we are three-dimensional projections on a two-dimensional surface. One of the key aspects of a hologram is that any of the smallest parts contain the whole. The smallest piece can actually be the gateway to a much larger view. So the smallest piece can actually be the gateway to a much larger view. To build on top of that, I have a couple of things. Number one, let's look at the fact that we on a what subatomic level, we're comprised of what 99% energy, we're 1% mass. 
we're one per we've already proven that we are 1% mass, 99% energy, 99% conscious stream of data, 99% 99% of our biosphere is just energy and that 1% of of quote unquote mass I guess would just be air at this point. The cool thing about this I see the soul, the essence of a person as a two-sided coin. Dreaming and astral projection are on opposite sides of the coin. Astral projection is the ability to broadcast the soul, the essence of self and being away from the body, outside of the body. To dream is to recede inward. When we dream, Tibetan text teaches us that we enter one of our six chakra points at least one time a night. Scientists in America will tell us that we have about seven dreams a night. That's seven times to pop in and out of each chakra point and the universe is a hologram. We are salmons and conscious streams of data. You, you, you see where I'm building this up to. We have an instinctive ability. When we dream, we project self inward. We enter one of those points. We are entangled through the non-locality, through the connection into our dream state. With a minuscule amount of awareness and consciousness, we apply the observer effect willy-nilly. We have action and reaction styled dreams so often that that's how we are when we're awake. We feel everything deserves a response. There is no indifference. There is no outside of self observation. As I said in the past, the common dreamer is comparable to the waking state of a conscious two-year-old. Influenced by the scene, having very little to contribute. So here we can see that the four concepts slash pillars of quantum physics are also the four pillars slash concepts of dreaming to consciously dream is to be barely aware during the quantum physics experience we don't we 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 experience quantum physics when we dream we experience the science when we dream, we we live it and we think that there's still nothing to it. When we lucid dream, however, we go from quantum physics to quantum consciousness. Now, next episode, part two of the quantum symposium, I will be discussing quantum consciousness and lucid dreaming. You guys have a Good one. Kick ass.